part two. I don't have a subtitle to this, and I'm not even going to try to put one with it. But we will be speaking in the reference of this as we spoke last week. We, we talked about the stars, and I don't know if you kind of recollected that as maybe you saw a star this week that your mind began to wonder about how far is that star from me? How long did it take that light from that star to reach me? You know, we talked about the, the, the closest star to earth is 4.2 light years away. So it took 4.2 years for the, when that light left that star to reach us that we saw last night. So oftentimes the things that we are seeing are things that has already happened. So from the very beginning, you know, we saw this in the book of Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth and he spoke them into existence and we we went along into john chapter one i i don't want to preach last week's message but a short recap is that john chapter one verse one it said in the beginning was the word and we got to realize that same word that created the heavens and the earth created us the word that created us is the very thing that god has called us to it was that word that was spoken so if god changed his mind about the heavens and the earth that he's already spoken then he would have to change his mind about what he has called us to and we talked about that from the very beginning of creation that man has tried to alter alter what was spoken and what was created so so when we get into the the garden now we didn't talk about this last week in the in the garden in the garden of eden that satan asked eve this one question and what was that did god really say so in from the very beginning up until right now, we have had that very same question to pop up in our mind, in our hearts, in our spirits. Did God really say, did God really say that I need to be in his word? Did God really say that I need to have a relationship with him to make it into his forever presence? Did God really say, you see, and God really did say, but can't Satan get you to question God's heart? How many of us are guilty on that? That we've actually questioned what God has said. God, did you really say? So if God would change his mind about the one thing, then he would have to change his mind about the other things. But God's word is forever settled in heaven. It's not going to change. And like I said, God's, not, God's word is not going to change to fit our situation. His word is not going to change to fit our lifestyle. But it's on the opposite that we change, our lifestyle changes, our situations change to fit his word, to line up with his word. So, so we've got to keep this in mind every day. And that's the kind of the short version of last week. If you missed it, you probably were glad that you got the short version of that one. But we're going to move on into today's message, part number two. And we'll be coming out of the book of John chapter nine. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 11, if you have your Bibles. If not, we always have it up here on the screen. I know it's there because I can see the reflection in my iPad back to here that it has been changed. Thank you, baby. Everybody give her a hand clap. She does such a good job back there. She never complains. She's uh, She don't even ask me how many slides I have on Sundays no more. She just, she just does it. 
And she does it without grumbling or complaining. So I'm so thankful for her. If any of you would like to learn how to do that, I'm sure that, that Sister Becky would be more than glad uh, to, to swap spaces every other week with you. Uh, but until then, man, we're just going to keep right on moving to what God has called us to do because that doesn't stop just because people decide not to step in. So we're going to do, Mom, I thank you that you've taken the initiative, that Mama has decided to be a greeter every week. Thank you for that. Your heart is in it. And, uh, and nobody had to ask you to do nothing. I guess me as a pastor, maybe I just need to start volunteering people to do things. And don't be mad at me if I do. Look at me as your pastor, not your son or son-in-law or dad or, or friend or, or loved one. But um, get with me at the church, Mike. I'm going to put you to work. I'm just kidding. But for real, though. <laughs> John chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. Read along with me. I want you to watch this now. I want you to let this word speak to you here today. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Are we already starting to see this? The, the something from nothing. It started this way. You, you see, you already follow me? Man, do I need to keep preaching then? We're good? Okay, I'm going to keep going. Verse number two. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sin? Verse number three, it was not because of his sin or his parents' sin, Jesus answered. This happened, look, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. Are we seeing that? That, that, that what we're to do got to be with an urgency. It, it can't just be, it just can't be uh, 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 at our own pace. It's got to be at God's pace. Because, man, when it's at God's pace, it, man, it's going the purpose in that. So watch this. We must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. Jesus didn't just say him himself. He said us, uh, we. So the night is coming and then no one can work. So what happens was they didn't have flashlights. They didn't have headlights. Uh, they weren't able to work when it was dark. So there's a time that's coming upon this earth. We ain't seen darkness yet, ladies and gentlemen. And this time that we read about this morning that we're going to move from a time of compassion to that time of judgment. And, and so the night comes when no man can work. But while I am here in the world, watch this, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. If we could just stop for a minute before we go to the next slide. If you think about that, how many of you would just really be okay with somebody spitting on dirt, making mud, and putting it on your eyes? And when we think about, it, oh man, that's just so gross and that's so grody. Uh, that's just, uh, that's not very sanitary. You see, but Jesus had a way of doing things that just didn't make sense. 
you know, and for me, it didn't make sense. I, I put myself in this story so much because I'm the one that's walking in these shoes and I see where God has brought me from to where he's taken me to. And the same thing for each one of you that he's brought you from uh, nothing and he's taken you to the something that he's called you into. But, but as I can relate to myself that it made no sense for me to start a church because so many people saw me as the neighborhood drunker. So many people saw me as such a wicked and, and, and bad person. Uh, but, but could I allow that to hold me back? You see, because what God has called me to, what do we hear this morning? He knows my name. He's called me by his name. He's called me out of what? Out of darkness into what? His marvelous and glorious light. He, he's called me to be a light. And so it's not for me to decide whether I qualify or not. It's not up to you to decide if you qualify for what God's called you to do. If God has called you, then he has qualified you. So when I think about the things that God has called me to do that just doesn't make no sense, go get a building with, with just the four or five or six of you. Lord, how are we? Don't worry about how you're going to do it. You just do what I tell you to do. Lord, how are we going to be able to renovate? How are we going to buy chairs? How are we going to... You just do that. We think about that story that, that when, when David... When, when David... David was told something by God. Now listen to this, and I, I don't want to get too far into detail. Maybe you do your homework on this. But God said, because he attacked the, uh, I believe it was the Philistines. He attacked them one time and defeated. They, they didn't like that they got defeated, and they regrouped, and, and they came again. So, and, and, and David asked the Lord, he said, Lord, shall I attack them the same way that we just attacked him? And the Lord said, no. He said, you go around here. He said, and you wait. And he said, when you hear the sound of marching feet in the trees. How does that make any sense? Anybody ever heard sound like somebody's marching in the trees? It just doesn't make no sense. But when, when God says something, it doesn't have to make sense. He's telling us to obey. So when we do what he's called us to do, God brought short victory again. And God wants to do the very same thing in your life, but he's going to tell you to do things that don't make no sense. And if you begin to ponder, to dwell, and to begin to think about, this, does this make any sense to me? Does it make any sense to put a church on the north side of Wilmington in an industrial park? Does it make any sense? It doesn't have to make no sense to me. It's God's word. And God's word, again, is that short word prophecy. So we saw this very same instance here again that Jesus made mud with his saliva. And he began to spread it on the guy's eyes. But what did he do? He was going to turn. He was going to turn this nothing, this blindness from the very beginning. And he was going to turn it into something. So sometimes we don't understand why we go through the things that we do. You see, but God's got a purpose and he has a plan. And we're told in Jeremiah 29 and 11 that for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are to what? They are for good. They are to prosper you they are not for your harm and we got to understand that what God wants to do for us is to point us to him but sometimes we can't see that because we're blind we're blind to the fact and we think that God is just 
poking his finger at us that he's just poking us, trying to irritate us, but all he's trying to get you. When somebody pokes you, I'm notorious for this. I'll go around and I'll tap you on the other side of the shoulder, but what am I trying to get you to do? I'm trying to get you to look. And if anybody knows that I'm standing beside you, you know I'm the one that did that. I'm guilty as charged. Ain't that right, Sister Jessica? I'm, I'm guilty for that. But God is trying to get our attention when he's poking at us. Let, 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 me, let me continue on here in verse 7. He told him. Now, now this is after he put the mud on his eyes. Listen to this. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Shalom. Shalom means sent. So the man went and washed and came back doing what? Seeing. Are, 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 we, are we following this? He, 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 all he did was obey what he was told to do. And so in him in, in obeying what he was told to do, he was able to receive the something from the nothing that he has always had. And, and God wants to propel me and you in that same reference. He wants to open our eyes to things that are unseen. Verse number 8. His neighbors, listen to this, his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Or, can we just stop for a second before we even keep reading? Isn't this the person, isn't this the same James that, that used to be riding around in the neighborhood uh, doing his shenanigans, but now he wants to talk to me about Jesus? Isn't this the same James uh, that we used to go to the bar together? Isn't this the same James that we used to do this and to do that together? But he was blind. He, he was blind. Are we sure this is the same guy? Because this guy is not, I, I want to be careful because I don't want my, my mic, but he's, he's not the same guy that's walking along the wall, making sure that he's finding his place back to where he used to be. You see, when God touches us, we're not going to be in the places where we used to be. We're going to be in a different place. Don't we remember when Jesus was of age of 12 or 13 years old, that they, they went to, to Passover in Jerusalem. And as they came back, they realized that Jesus was not with them. You see, and I can imagine that they went to the cousin's house looking for him. They went down to the river to see if he was down at the river uh, playing in the water. But when they realized that he wasn't there, they went back to where they last saw him at. And where they saw him at was a place. And here's what he, here's what he told his mom and dad. He said, did you not know that I would be about my father's business. You see, when we begin to mature in Christ, we will not find ourselves. People will not find us in the places where they used to see us. They'll find us about our father's business. And this is the very same thing that was happening here, that this blind man was become unrecognizable. Why? Because he wasn't the person that he used to be. It's just preaching to somebody here this morning. He wants to move us. Into something from nothing. Some said, verse 9, we'll get back to verse 9. Some said, he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. They asked, who healed you and what happened? He told them, watch this, the man they called Jesus made mud. And spread it over my eyes and told me, 
go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed myself and what? And now I can see. God cannot move us. He cannot move us into that something. He cannot move us into the word that he's spoken over us until we get tired of being at the nothing. When we're tired of being at the nothing, we got to realize that God has called us. God has purposed us to so much more. And it doesn't matter how we lived yesterday. It doesn't matter what we did five years ago. It, it, it doesn't matter that people knew us as a blind beggar. It doesn't matter that people recognize us as somebody that we're no longer going to be because we realize that God has called us to more. Man, that's good preaching. I ain't even hit my notes here yet. Watch this. As we continue in this series, we can see the continuation of Jesus fulfilling his word and God's heart. We're seeing this. We see that in the beginning of the story that this man was blind from birth. That's each one of us. At birth, we're what? We're born into sin. Why is that? Because of the choice that Adam and Eve made. And there's nothing that you can do to walk away from that unless you receive him, not as Savior, because he's what? He's everyone's Savior. I, I, I don't want us to get that confused. He is our Savior. He's, he's our Savior because of what he did for us. He's our Lord because of how we live for him. So we accept him as Lord. In the book of Romans, he said, if you would what? If you would believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Savior, uh, it don't say that. It said if we confess him as Lord, then we shall be saved. Because he's everybody's Savior. But he's not everybody's Lord. Let that sink in today to us. Let that sink in. I know that we can't understand the reality of this situation. But I want us to capture the spirituality of this story. The man, the blind man, never had sight. And if we could recollect that we were once blind as well, and that there may be individuals here today or viewing us online that are within this same scenario right now. Because we're walking in blindness. We are blind to the words of God. I preached a message a while back on my podcast. Uh, there was no visual to it. Maybe I'll link it here at the, at the end. But in the book of Proverbs, I entitled the message called this, Did You See What I Said? Did you see what I said? That, that makes absolutely no sense. But he said, let not my word depart from what? From your eyes. Let them not depart from your eyes. For all, for all of us, if we get a hold of it, there's life in this word. There is life in his word. We've not realized the life that there is that he's called us to do until we begin to live for him. I kind of pointed out a couple weeks ago, somebody asked me while I was on vacation, and they said, man, how's life going? I said, I said you can imagine in a movie, you know, that guy that's just lounging back, and it just seems like he's doing nothing, and he's pointing fingers, and this is happening, and that's taking place. I said, that's me. 
He looked at me, he's like, you got it made like that? I said, dude, I said, I serve a God that does it all. I don't have to do nothing but except for what he tells me to do. And so I don't have to I don't have to get caught up in the confusion of trying to settle and to do things myself because I fully rely upon him. So as this could cause us to be aware that Jesus created this something from nothing. Y'all have all witnessed me. Y'all seen what God has done in my life. It's, it's not a show that I put on. I'm the same every single day. Am I still human? Yeah, I'm still human. Man, I'm still continuously pursuing God, trying to be changed into his likeness and his image. And as we talked about in our last series, the journey, the journey is what he's called us to that creates us into his likeness and his image. It's not the destination because if we, if we get to the destination and if we've never looked like him through the journey, the destination isn't going to be what we think it's going to be. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Because here's what happens here. Luke chapter 4 verses 18 through 19. We, re- we just read this the other week. But I want us to point out. Because we talked about this in the unnecessary funeral. And that the, the broken hearted. Because this, the, the mother of the widow. The widow. Whew, boy, she was broken hearted. Because her only son. And this was described as her begotten son. Her only a one of a kind type son. But here's the very same thing that I want us to understand today, that this is what the declaration that God wants to do here. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me. I began to stop for just a moment, and I began to, I just clicked on my word, anointed. And there's two Greek words for anoint, and and I don't want to try to pronounce them because uh, y'all might start making fun of me. And so, so I'm just going to tell you that there's two Greek words for the word anoint. The first word means to rub on oil, to put oil on. Like, you know, some of us do lotion. Yeah, we take stock in jergen at my home. Man, y'all don't get that one. But anyway, so, it, so it, it was just the fact of a rubbing on of. But what happened here is that the, this word for anointing was not the rubbing on of. It wasn't a something that you apply. It's a something that you walk in. And this was, this was the Greek word that Jesus was using here that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. This is something that I've been called to walk in and not to apply on my skin. For he has anointed me to bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. And that the time the Lord's favor has come. Everything that Jesus was mentioning here was moving from a nothing to the something. So, so, So I want you to... Just think in your mind for just a minute. And we're really going to reflect on this at the end, but I want to deposit this into you right now. Where is the nothingness that you're operating in right now? We all have that area of our life that we still need to be committing to God. Because we we are worried, too worried, not about the outcome But what we're worried about is through the process of how we will look. But as we read this morning is that when we stand before God, he will judge us as we are. 
Not who people perceive us to be. Not who we think that we are. Because sometimes we wear a smile when we're really sad, right? Don't we? Sometimes we, we, we put on a show. We may come to, to church and we may put on a smile. But really deep down inside we're hurting. We're in agony. You see, and, and, and the part that we're really feeling is who we really are. You see, but the great news about me is so many times people say, hey, Brother James or Pastor James, how are you doing? I said, man, you know me already. I'm overflowing. Because if you keep, make sure I don't wet my Bible, but man, if you just keep pouring water and water and water into a cup, what happens to it is it overflows. So I live in the overflow. I don't live in the waiting for God to fill me up. I don't wait for God to pursue me. I pursue God because he has called me to that. Because when I stand before God, I want to be judged as I am and not who people see me as. Amen. Let me, let, well, we finished reading that verse. Pardon me. So as we made this crystal clear last week, crystal clear. It is the word of God that existed before the nothing. And it is the word, it's the word that transforms something from nothing it was the spoken word and when we realize we I, I, I know that this is repetitive I know that this is redundant I, I, I know that I, this is on repeat but if we can realize the word that God has spoken over our life and this very same word that God has spoken over our life have we allowed the devil to question us did God really say did God really say if we could get this into our spirit, man, we will see the absolute of God's heart being fulfilled in every arena of life. <laughs> if we could just really get this in. If, if we, I'm not a Bible thumper, ladies and gentlemen. I just love God with all my heart. And Jesus said, if you love me, you'll what? You'll keep my commandments. This is the proof in the pudding. Words are words, but actions speak what? Speak louder than words. We all know this. We've all heard this. And I'm constantly trying to propel each one of us here every single week to pursue this. Pursue this with every fiber of your being. Because when we stand before God, how are we going to be judged? Jesus said that I, the words... That I have spoken to you. What words were that? John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was God. And the word was with God. And verse 14 it said. The word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. So what does that mean that Jesus is? Jesus is the expression of God. He is the word of God. And if we can get this word into our spirits. If we... Can get this into our spirits? And he said, he said, and I didn't come to judge the world because the world was already judged. The world's already condemned. We are already on our way to hell, ladies and gentlemen. He's the one that's just standing there keeping us from jumping off the cliff. And Jesus continued to say this. Hear this today if you don't hear anything else. He said, the words that I have spoken... The words that I have spoken. 
the words that I have spoken will judge you on that day. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the new words that He's going to speak to you. It was the word that He has spoken. God has spoken so much to us. And how many times have we allowed the devil to put into our heads, into our hearts, to question, did God really say? If we know, if we know what's going to be on a test, we do what? We study the book. You know what the great part about this is? It's an open book. It's an open book test, but we're trying to take a test with a closed book and we're going to fail it. We're going to fail it every single time. And, and, and God has called it. Man, God has called us to this. So our focus today is going to be about receiving our spiritual sight. Receiving what we have failed to see before because it cannot be the something unless the word is spoken over it. Nothing becomes nothing if God doesn't touch it. When God touches it, well, we're going to see this through Scripture today. So as we have read in the Scripture that Jesus responded to the disciples that this blindness is not because of his parents' sin, nor was it because of his sin. So we are blind because we were born blind. We've touched on that already. We were born and born into blindness. But the thing that we are born uh, to... Um, but the things that we are blind to are the things of the Spirit. Because we, we remember Paul said that you can't understand Spirit unless you can't understand God unless you walk in the Spirit. So, 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 so because God is Spirit. And the only way to get into that is to walk by that. So we have to walk in reference to His Word. I know I'm getting a little deep here for you, but that's okay if you would just... Follow along if you would continue. If you would come back every week, we're going to do exactly what God said to do. Make disciples of all men. Of all men. I don't come and preach my word every week. I, I preach so much of everything that God has laid on my heart. So we are born blind because we, uh, we, are blind because we were born into blindness. So let me reference that with scripture. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Watch this. Y'all believe God's word is truth, right? He replied. This is Jesus talking to disciples. This was, this, was, this was the parable now that Jesus spoke about the, the sower of the seed. Sower of the seed. We've all heard that one, right? Sower of the seed. So watch this. He replied, you are permitted. Who was you? The disciples. Who was a disciple? The one that follows God. You, you're getting this, right? He wasn't talking about the people. He said you. So you are permitted. If you're a disciple of God, this is, this is a promise. This is your permission here. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders. So that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see, the, see what I do, they will learn nothing. He didn't say something. He said nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. So if we look closely at what Jesus was saying here, is watch this. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. Right? We are permitted to understand these things. So, so, so when we think about this, 
when, when we think about the secret things, when we think about the secret things, we can't help but to reference Psalms 25 and 14. And we'll read this in the Amplified Version. Because he said, you are permitted. You disciples, you that follow me, you that forsaken yourself, did the disciples, did they not leave what they knew and became who he was, who he was calling them to be? So watch this. The secret of the sweet, satisfying companionship, friendship, and, or fellowship of the Lord have they who what? Who fear, which is to reverence and worship Him. The word worship means to obey. And He will what? He will show them His covenant and reveal to them its deep inner meanings. How many times have we had sayings between maybe you and a friend and you talked about those things, but then somebody being nosy now, Nosetta's are standing there and they're like, they don't know what you're talking about. They don't understand what you're saying. You know, I've been married for 25 years and I still don't understand Spanish. You know, my wife is Hispanic. And, and, and when my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and, and, and all of them begin to talk in Spanish, I'm just sitting there like, I hope I can catch one word so maybe I can make up my own little sentence of what they're saying here. Well, right, ain't that right, Gabby? We're like, well, I don't know what they're saying, but man, that sounds really good. But what it is, it, it's just that language that they have amongst themselves because of their nationality. And, 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 and the same way I'm Native American, the Native Americans had a language. And uh, all white people talk, I'm just, I'm, I'm halfway too, so I'm not, I'm not just pointing things out. I'm pointing the finger at myself too. But, but there's secrets that's being told because the other person may not understand. And it's not that it's really a secret, but Jesus said that I speak this way so that outsiders won't understand. Guilty, right? Spoken in Spanish so maybe the son-in-law don't understand what's being said. I'm glad you're confessing that in church today. <laughs> I love you. I, really, I love my mom and dad and my mother-in-law and father-in-law. They are a mom and dad to me as well. Um... But, it, but it's a secret, and it's only shared for those who fear God. Those that walk in honor. I mean, in, I mean honor. Can we understand? I'm not talking about what the world says is honor. I'll honor you as long as you honor me. You know, I, I'm going to be your friend up until you do this. I'm going to honor you. God has called us. He's called us into this he has called us into this so god's heart is reserved for those who walk according to his heart his innermost secrets are revealed to those who hold him in high reverence those that walk in the fear of the lord we have spoken a few weeks ago about what the fear of the Lord is. And I know I put a little bit of my notes up here, but you just follow along with me here. So I want to let's reference this again because we spoke about what the fear of the Lord is. And I want us to understand. I, 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 this, this touches me so deeply every single day. So the fear of the Lord is this. The fear of the Lord is a profound and an abiding respect and reverence for God and all things all things he declares holy to give God 
the most high, the infinite and utmost honor in every area of life. This is fear now. This is, this is how we walk in a reverence for God. To deeply tremble in awe at the privilege of His presence and the wonder of His Word. To worship God along with passionate praise and continual thanksgiving. The fear of the Lord is to honor what He honors. To love what He loves. To hate what He hates. To make His main thing our main thing. The fear of the Lord is an internal disposition that produces fear, dread, and terror at the very thought of offending God. If we think about that for a second, we've had all had close friends, maybe even with our parents, and we dreaded to dishonor them. Some of us here have been married for a long time. And we think about that if we go out and do things that we know that we ain't supposed to do, don't we already know within ourselves that we have dishonored them? So why would, why would we want to? Why would we want to? This tempering, look at what does that mean, this tempering? This thought process. Uh, the, you putting yourself in this situation makes it impossible to the Christian to sin casually, wholeheartedly, persistently, or consistently. It becomes impossible to live a sinful lifestyle if we walk in the fear of God. It's impossible. Because we are making His main thing our main thing. We are loving what He loves. We are hating what He hates. What is the one thing that God hates? Sin. Because you know why you know why he hates sin? Because it separates us from his love. But we think about it that we we entertain the very things that put the nails in his hands or in his wrist, whatever you want to call it. We those things that put him on the cross, we entertain ourselves with that. Fornication, homosexuality. Drunkenness. I, I, the list goes on. and Yeah, I'm calling the kettle black here. I'm calling the things that need to be called out. The things that Bible has declared as being a what? The very things that separates us from His love. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter what we call it. We don't, love ain't just love. God is love. And if God is love, then we stand for everything that He says is. 1 John chapter 3, what does it say? All sin is lawlessness. Another translation says this. All sin is contrary to God's nature. That's why he doesn't like it. That's why he doesn't not just dislike it. That's why he hates it. So he's called us to walk in that same reference. Next slide. The fear of the Lord is to depart from evil. What does depart mean? To leave, to separate yourself from. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is a submitting our will to embrace his will fully. We remember the story of Abraham, right? Abraham went to go to sacrifice his son Isaac. 
Do we not remember that Isaac was the promise to Abraham? That Isaac waited, that Abraham waited for 25 years for this child to be born? So not only the 25 of the promise, but, but now Isaac was almost a young man. So he had been waiting for over 40 years for God's fulfillment to take place. But yet God said, hey, go sacrifice him. So do we love the promises of God more than we will obey God? Abraham, as a matter of fact, the Bible says it says early the next morning. Early the next morning. He instantly obeyed God. Can we imagine how that made him feel? The hurt. We've got kids in here, unless, except for the kids that are in here that have no kids. I hope not. But we have kids. All of us in here have kids. Can we imagine having to sacrifice our own child? But God didn't give you a reason to do it. God didn't give me a reason to speak what was spoken this morning other than He told me to do it. It's not for me to understand the fullness of it. It's not for me to understand the fullness of this message other than this message is meant to turn me to Him. Are you listening to what I'm saying here? The fear of the Lord is to submit our will to embrace His fully. It is a cleansing and purifying agent that endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and it is Jesus' delight. You can find that in the book of Isaiah chapter 11, I believe it is. As we continue, as we continue with the words of Jesus in the book of John chapter 12, John chapter 12, verse 37. I'm working on my first closing here. John chapter 12, verse 37 through 40. But despite all the miraculous signs Jesus had done, most of the people still did not believe in Him. The, the miraculous signs that He did, if you see something, aren't you prone to believe it? Aren't you prone to say, hey man, this is legit, this is for real. But you see, they saw it, but the reality is, is that they saw it with their physical eyes, but they didn't see it with their spiritual eyes. And God has called us to see the spirituality of this. Verse 38. This is, oh, listen, this is exactly what Isaiah the prophet had predicted or prophesied. Excuse me. Lord. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed His powerful arm? Reveal what? Means what? To make known what is unknown. That's exactly what the word reveal means, is to, to make known what is unknown. To whom the Lord has revealed His powerful arm. But the people couldn't believe. For as Isaiah also said, the Lord has blinded their eyes. And harden their hearts so that their eyes cannot see and their hearts cannot understand and they cannot turn to me and have me heal them. You see, we got to understand that the name of Jesus means salvation, to be saved, to be healed. And that's what salvation means is to be healed from an inner sickness. And what God has called us to here. And he said that so what accompanies a blind eye? Is a hardened heart. They literally saw. We've seen the goodness of God in operation in our life. Watch this. We've seen the goodness of God in operation in our life. But yet we're still living the same way. 
What does that mean? We don't have no fear of God. We just say we love Him. I'm, I'm just preaching God's Word here this morning. And maybe that's why these seats aren't full. And that's okay. I'll preach the same message because it's God's Word until He comes back. Not till the cows come home because the cows ain't coming home in my house. I don't have no cows. Moo. <laughs> We had, a, we had an ice cream place yesterday. I don't remember what it was called, but it was just full of cows in there. But uh, it, it was, it, it, that was cool. You'd have to be there. Maybe you can go with us next time. How can we ever deny the evidence of miracles before our very eyes? It simply comes down to this, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that we deny what we see. We simply deny it by the way that we live. Because what actions speak louder than words? They do. I could tell my wife I love her all day, but if I walk and I dishonor her, if I cuss her up and down, if I spit in her face, if I start hitting my wife, does, do I really love my wife? My actions speak louder than my words. But if I treat my wife like the queen that she is, and I'm so glad that God used y'all to give me such a wonderful woman that I can take care of, that I can cook for every night, that, that I can clean for her, and that, man, she puts up with my snoring every single night, though. So I, I guess that's a good trade-off, right, baby? Every, she said every night. I think that's every time I even fall asleep on the couch. Um, <laughs> But we deny it by the way that we live. These people saw the works, but they deceived themselves of the reality of it. Paul spoke firmly to, to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Watch this, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting closer. You should know this. What does that mean? This, this is an important saying. You need to know this. Watch this. Timothy, that in the last days, the days that are upon us, ladies and gentlemen, there will be very difficult times for people. Watch this. Ask me. That, well, now this has been going on since the very beginning, but I want to point something out. But listen to this. For people will love only themselves and their money. Sound familiar? They will be boastful and proud. Sound familiar? Scoffing at God. What does that mean? Making a mockery? Making a mockery? Uh, somebody was telling me about a, a, a YouTube video or something. A young man was preaching. Preaching on the street. And somebody came up and shot him in the face. It, these things are happening amongst Just because we don't see it happening at the corner of Market and Third doesn't mean that it's not taking place in the world. Evil is prevailing. And it's because we have chosen to walk in a blindness. You know, I, I heard a preacher say, and the Lord's even told me in the same reference. You tolerate sin. What do you mean I tolerate sin? Because you allow it in your life. What do you mean I allow it? I, I, I don't cuss. I don't swear. I don't hit my wife. I, you condone it. You don't put a stop to it. You allow it to take place in your home. Oh, I put a filter on the TV. There ain't a cuss word that slips through in my house. None of that. But to make that long story short, have we condoned sin? Have we permitted sin? So if we permit sin, then that means we don't hate what he hates. I'm just preaching to you this morning. We are not fearing what God has told us to fear. 
Watch this. Scoffing at God, disobedient to the parents, and ungrateful. But you just got, you just, I, I want more. We're there. They will, listen to this, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. You know that the Lord has told us to, to be, you don't know what they did to me. Well, the Lord has told us to forgive. You, you don't know how they treated me. You don't know how bad they talked about me behind my back. Do we remember the scripture? Jesus said this. He said that if you don't forgive, then what? Then neither will you be forgiven. There's going to be a lot of disappointed people. Again, we go back. Jesus said that I, I haven't condemned the world, but you will be judged by the word that he has spoken already. And he's already spoken this. That if we can't forgive then we're not going to be forgiven. So if you're not forgiven of something, then that means what? You still got a sentence upon your head. Let me continue here. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. I don't even watch the news because it disturbs me to see how out of control that this world is. I ain't talking about just in America. I'm talking about globally, worldwide. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Have, have, you, heard, have you heard of people that's teaching Muslim or, or Islamic? Are these people being ridiculed? Who are the people that are ridiculed? The people that are speaking the word of God. I, 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 I get I got ridiculed back during uh, uh, Halloween or harvest yeah, because we weren't at the house passing out candy or doing pop. Usually we will pass out popcorn and we'll pass out tracks to the kids. But somebody came through the neighborhood and because we were actually here renovating, working on the church, my camera showed up and they and the things that they said about me because I wasn't there passing out this year. And so I really had to pray and say, hey, Lord, help me to forgive that person because I'm already seeing how Satan's trying to attack me in that reference. I mean, the Lord reminds me that if you're not praying for these people, who is? So I make it my aim to pray for not just these individuals, but these groups of people. So they hate what is good. Verse number four. I know we're talking about that a lot. They will portray their friends. Be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love, watch this, and love pleasure rather than God. They love sinning more than they love God. I ain't talking about the word of saying I love God. I'm talking about the action of actually loving God. Watch this. Verse number five. They, oh, they will act religious but they will reject the power that could make them godly he sternly warned timothy and he's warning us stay away from people like this they will act righteous i'm a christian if you do you read your Bible? Are you witnessing the people? I know, don't get me wrong. I know this is a process. A, a tree doesn't produce fruit the first time that it's placed in the ground. But eventually what? That tree becomes a what? 
a tree that produces fruit. So what happened, what happened when Jesus walked by a tree that was not producing fruit? What did he do to it? He cursed it. He cursed it. And when they came back through, the tree was dead. If you're not going to produce in the seasons that we're called to produce, then we're no good for God. We're just going to be real on that. Pastor, man, you preach such a hard message. I just preach you the truth. I preach you what people don't want to tell you. I make it my aim not to tell you what you want to hear, but what we need to hear. Me, myself as well. Often. But they act righteous. But they deny the power. They deny the ability of God's word to change them. Ladies and gentlemen, I allow this to change me. It was ugly. <laughs> it was ugly. Because when God began to strip down the outward part of me, and I really began to see what was on the inside, I couldn't do it myself. I ran across a man. I had a, a, a court sermon this week for jury duty. Uh, good thing is I have a doctor's appointment on the same day, so they deferred me for six months. So I, I still got to go back, and that, that's fine. I'll do my duty. But when I saw the young man in there, the, the sheriff that was at the door, because he had to, I had to go back to the truck and take my pocket knife and put it back in the truck. I'm not used to having to walk into an establishment where I have to uh, uh, unarm myself, if I could say it that way. But when I got back and I got to talking to the man, I actually realized that we knew each other. And he hadn't seen me in quite some while, but uh, to make a long story short, if you know me, if you give me a few minutes, I'm, I'm going to talk about God because God's transformed me. But I looked at the young man, and I said, man, I said, I've changed so But anyways, I said, man, I've changed so much. And then I caught myself. I said, I haven't changed nothing. God's changed me. And it's just me surrendering and allowing God to strip off all of those things that don't resemble him. And then not knowing him in this reference, he looked at me and he said, and to God be all the glory. And you can't help but say amen on that. So this warning must be clear to each one of us here today. In closing today, yes, I said in closing. Y'all getting happy? Y'all thinking about some lunch? <laughs> so, but this warning must be clear to each one of us here today. That in closing, I want to bring out one more thing. And it is the conclusion of the blind man's healing. Turn with me to John chapter 9, verses 35 through 41. Verse 35, and it said, When Jesus heard what had happened, if you don't know the story, go back and read in between these two sections here. Uh, such a profound word, and we will touch on that some next week uh, in this message. But he found the man and he asked, Do you believe in the Son of Man? The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. You have seen him. So what happens when we allow God to 
move us into the something from the nothingness when we allow him to remove the blinders off our eyes we can then see him for who he is and see and this is what was happening here verse 37 you have seen him jesus said and he is speaking to you yes lord i want to believe or lord i believe the man said and he worshiped jesus then jesus told him i enter this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, to show those who think that they can see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty. Jesus replied, But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. When we begin to proclaim, Lord, that I can't see without you. I can't see the something that you're wanting me to see because I'm stuck in the nothingness. And God wants to move us from that nothing into the something. And the way that we're going to do that is to allow him to let that word be spoken over us. And the things that God is going to do may not make sense. It may not make sense that he wants to put mud on your eyes with his saliva. But if we let God do what he wants to do, we're going to see the everything. Sight is not for those that claim they can see, but for those that they cannot see. And Jesus wants to turn our spiritual blindness into seeing his fullness. If we know we are blind, then God can do this something from nothing. Just as he created the everything we know, and don't know just by the utterance of his word. And he can and is willing to do the same for you. Watch this one more time. Matthew chapter 8. Watch this. My two-minute thing is flashing up here. We're right on time. Watch this. Large crowds followed Jesus as they came down the mountainside. You like that, didn't you? Verse number 2. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him. And knelt down before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly, the leprosy disappeared. I want to I read this verbatim of how the Lord showed this to me. Watch this. Before Jesus healed the young man, I want us to put ourselves in this situation right here. Put yourself in this situation because nothing else matters right now. Before Jesus healed the young man, the man came and he knelt and he asked. He didn't say if you could. He said if you are willing. We got to understand it's not get, can Jesus do it. Jesus is willing to do it. He's willing to open our eyes. Watch this. Do you know how much courage it took for it to not only appear, I do apologize. Do you know how much courage it took to not only approach Jesus, but to be seen in public? This man was supposed to be segregated from all people let alone be touched by anyone. 
For someone who touched them would cause that person to be unclean. But what do we see take place here? Watch this. But when Jesus touched him and said, I am willing and to be healed, Jesus wasn't unclean, but caused the unclean to be clean. When Jesus touches you, your filthiness doesn't rub off on him. His righteousness will rub off on you. This is how we know when Jesus has really touched us because we become changed. We become changed. The courage that it took this man to be seen in public and then to ask to be touched You got to understand his humility here. His humility here. Jesus is all knowing. And we have read in his heart today that if we will walk in honor and reverence, then we too can see the secrets of the kingdom. Bow your head in honor for just a few moments. If you ask yourself the question, Lord, do I want to see what you're showing me? Do you want to see what he desires to show you? Here's another question. Are you tired of seeing the same old things? It can be different today. This is a word for all of us. Word for me. Word for those that are viewing us online. Those that are listening to us via podcast. Those of you that are sitting here today. See, when a person's blind, they really don't understand what they're missing. See, I seen a video one time where uh, uh, this, this older man was colorblind, and he's never seen color his whole life. But there's an invention of some sunglasses that allowed him to see color. And because he could now see things in a different light, it broke his heart. if we could understand what God really wants to show us if we understand here today that he is willing but we have to put ourselves in the situation of not mattering how people may perceive us it doesn't matter of how unclean that we are Jesus wants to heal us As we're going to move in on this fast starting at sundown today, maybe a view of those that are online, maybe you want to join us, maybe you're participating in a fast already. You see, as I've learned some time ago, that a diet changes the way we look, but a fast changes the way that we see. 
what better way to start this fast than with this word that God's given me today? I, I, I did not orchestrate this word in this reference by no means. But God knows all things. And the word that he laid on my heart when I finish, when I finish this sermon on Friday night, I said, wow, Lord, what such a great way to propel us into this fast, Lord, to see what you want us to see. fast changes the way that we see and we want to see what God is showing us but God said that he only reveals those secrets to those who fear him if you would be honest with yourself today Nobody's here. Nobody's looking. Nobody. It's right now. This is between you and God. If you've made up your mind today, made up your mind, decided in your heart, Lord, I want to see what you want me to see. I've done life my way for way too long. I continue to get the same results. Lord, I'm speaking this for myself today as well. Lord, I want to see what you want me to see. Lord, I'm making that conscious decision, Lord, right now. Right now to make you Lord of my life. It's just as simple as asking them, ladies and gentlemen. book of revelations it says behold I stand at the door and knock how many times have people knocked on your door at home and you didn't answer or if we could just really look at that if somebody knocked at your door that you didn't want to see you just let them knock hoping that they would give up that they would go away, go on to the neighbor's house. God's not here to try your patience this morning. Let me pray with you, dear Lord. We thank you today. We thank you, Lord, for a love, Lord, that is so hard for us to understand. Lord, that we as a a people, Lord, that is so wicked. Lord, that we have refused you time and time and time and time again. Oh, Lord, as we stand before you here today, Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to do what you do best. said that you would bring conviction of sin that you would tell us of things to come and that you would only speak what Jesus has spoken Holy Spirit keep us reminded today whether we're saved or whether we're lost that you love us and that you're calling us that you're calling us to walk in your vision to walk in your sight today Help us, Lord, today to move 
into the something from the nothing. Keep us safe, Lord, as we part ways here today. Be glorified in what we do and what we say. Holy Spirit, and as, as we push the plate away this week, as we push the whatever it is that you've laid on our heart, Lord, is if we just sacrifice self, Lord. Lord, and we say, Lord, that we want to hear you. We want to see you. And we remain persistent in pursuing you. Open our eyes. Let us see. Give us the instructions that you have for salt and light ministry. The direction that you want us to go. To call the positions, Lord, in which that you've called us to call. And you know each one by name. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Again, thank you for coming today. As we've officially ended our message here, but I, I just want us to stay reminded that if you want to see, not Pastor James, if you want to see this ministry, go to where God is calling it. Participate with us on a fast. It doesn't have to be food. It's a neglecting of yourself. And, and during the, the neglecting of yourself, it's not just to say, hey, well, I'm going to fast from food and that's it, but it's fasting and prayer. So if you would typically be eating, if you would typically be doing something, pray during that time because it's prayer and fasting. So we read in the book of Isaiah chapter 58, it says that, the, that fasting, it, it loosens the chains. The things that's trying to bind what God's doing here. But I love each one of you. If your Lord's laid on your heart for tithe and offering, we have the envelopes. If you want to write a check, if you want to give with a debit card, you can do so. If you want the QR code, we can get that for you. And again, I thank you and I love each one of you. God bless you. Thank <laughs> you.